Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Mortgage Matters with Chris. This week, we're talking about one of the best programs out there, the Veteran Home Loan. We're diving into the frequently asked questions that we receive a lot and explaining why this is a great option for buyers who qualify and for sellers to consider these offers. As always, don't forget to like and subscribe for more great content like this. Well, thanks everyone for joining us for this week's Mortgage Matters here with Chris Galley. Chris Galley is a veteran loan officer, not the kind of veteran we're talking about today, but veteran loan officer. You have uh, 26 years of uh, experience in the mortgage and banking industry, and you have helped a lot of different kind of people get into homes over the years. And many of those have been veterans, which is what we're talking about today. So uh, the reason that we're talking about this, uh, Chris, is I know that your team has been fielding a lot of questions right now on VA loans because this is kind of the season and between now and kind of the next couple of months where a lot of military members are going to be getting their reassignment papers. So, you know, they're they're starting to find out now where they're going to be, what base they're moving to next. And then sometime in June, July, August is when a lot of those are going to make the move. Obviously, it happens all year round, but there's just like there seems to be a lot of them um, heading into the spring and summer months. So Correct. with that movement, that means that uh, military members who have their homes are probably going to be selling them and then looking to get a new one. Or maybe new military members might be looking to get their very first home with the VA loan. So we're excited to dig into this today. Uh, so that we've got all the popular questions and answers to this in one kind of aggr aggregated space here. So, Chris, thank you so much for being here with us today. It's always great to to be here. I love this is the best part of my job is educating people and, uh, you know, getting them to understand some of the programs that's available, not only to them, but maybe some if you're a realtor or someone in the real estate space, just understanding some of the programs, what they mean how you can apply for one or what's required to obtain one. So the VA, the veterans loan is one of the best ones uh, out there. I think it's the best program by far for so many reasons that we'll dive into today um, just for a couple couple reasons. One, it's for veterans. It's a, it's a much easier loan to get for a veteran than other programs. Um, I think there's more than 20 million loans. It's just a little tidbit that I don't know if it will help you, but you'll know for all you guys listening uh the i think there's more than 20 million loans that have been guaranteed by the department of veterans affairs since 1940 wow. so 20 million that being said i don't know what how many loans have been closed in real estate and how many of those veterans that did not use this loan because um it's the most underutilized program as well i mean if you think about the population 20 million loans over um well what do we got uh, 40 years Almost 50 years, 60, 70, 80 something years, yeah. 80 something, almost 80 years, 79 years. That's not a big, not, it's not that impressive, really, if you think about it with how many veterans have gone through the system. So it's an underutilized program. I don't think people understand it good enough to, to really understand the value of it. And that's really what we want to kind of go at a high level look and kind of give you what the benefits are to the VA loan, whether you're you're a veteran yourself that is listening to this or someone shared this with you and you're a veteran, um, you definitely want to start with the VA loan if you're a veteran. And that's really what we want to talk about today. 
Well, and especially for our, uh, say, realtor friends who are tuning in, this is important because it doesn't matter what state they're in. There's veterans and military members in every state. You know, other programs like USDA, you might have a little bit more in, uh, obviously, in like the traditional rural areas versus, but with this one, it could be all over and it is all over. Correct. Correct. So, you know, the VA loan mortgage is guaranteed by the Department of Veterans Affairs. Okay. So that's the one thing to understand, but it's, they're usually issued by private lenders. So really what happens is the VA ins insures that extra amount that covers that non-down payment, if you will. So the only people that qualify for this program, which is also unique, is you have to be a U.S. veteran, active duty military, any active military, uh, active military personnel, and surviving spouses. So the one thing that I get a lot is I'll have a boyfriend, girlfriend, or a fiance. You, you have to be married to get this loan. So the, the, that's one thing. You can't have a co-borrower that's not in the military. You can have a boyfriend, girlfriend, or however that combination looks like, or friends um, that want to buy a house together, but they can't utilize this loan unless they're married. Okay. So that's the one thing I just want to kind of put out there. So um, we would try to get you approved on your own. I wouldn't, I don't encourage people to go run out and get married just so they can buy a house. That's probably not the smart thing, as good as the loan program is. And I do have some people that do say they're going to do that. I say, oh, you know, man, you know, we have other programs that are equally as good. You can refinance it into this program if you like. So, but this loan has been around for a long time. Right. And what I think people really need to understand is how, how the VA loan works. What does it mean? Um, how do I get approved for one? And what's the, how do I, how am I know I'm eligible? So if you're an active member of the military or veteran, the, the, the length, if you got to meet a length of your service, there's some length of service requirements. If you're a surviving spouse of spouse of a service member who died while on active duty, um, or from a service-connected disability, then you have the opportunity to use this program. So the lender requirements are the same as any other loans, but they're a little bit less stringent. So, um, you know, we're going to base it off your credit and based off of your income. But the good, nice thing is, is the minimum score is like a 580. They typically, VA doesn't set a minimum standard score, but it still has to go through that lender, as we said. So typically we see it go down as a 580, but they're so much more lenient than any other of the residential loan programs, whether it's a government program or one of these conforming programs through Freddie, Freddie Mac or Fannie Mae. So um, each lender sets their own minimums, but you know, for a bank like us, it's 580 and that's pretty standard across the board as you'll see people that will go down to a 580. The, the other thing that's a really huge um, advantage is the debt to income can go typically much higher. And I don't think that's a good thing for people to go so much higher on their debt to income. However, I think it's taking into consideration that there's probably someone else in the home that's helping pay for that, that in some of those circumstances that aren't able to go on the loan, such as that couple that's not married. Well, and it, and it's also a pretty guaranteed income. I mean, unless something happens to the person while they're in the military and for some reason they were discharged, uh, there's not a huge risk of like job loss, you know, versus out in the private sector. Correct. And, you know, the other piece is the, the, the property does have to meet some safety standards. 
in building codes. And that will be, you know, as long as it's your primary residence and it needs to be a primary residence. So you're not buying an investment property where you'll be a loan or a second home. This is your primary um, property. But that's really what it's for is the veterans to get, have the opportunity to have the liberty of home ownership, right? So they don't write and make it easier for them to get that because of the sacrifices that they made. Now, the code for the houses are very simple. I, down here in Florida and some of these markets where the homes are newer, these houses are pretty much to code because they've been built, especially where we live, Mindy. The, a lot of most, yeah. 90% of these houses have been built in the last 20 years. And even that, the 20 year old house is old. So all those updated codes have been in place, you know, since the nineties in a lot of cases. So here it doesn't become a concern up in the Northeast where I'm from. A lot of these houses are, you know, 150 years old. Um, and a couple of the little things to, so a lot of realtors here, that's like, Ooh, they're, they're so strict with these requirements on the appraisals. We don't want to mess with BA because it's too much really it's simple things. Um, safety issues that any new home has to adhere by. So for example, if you had a, a house up in the Northeast, we don't have basements here, so it's not really relevant here in this market, but a lot of these older houses, they don't have a railing going down the stairs, for example, yeah. that's a code on any new house. So, you know, I've had clients or sellers who just rigged up a, a, a railing that goes down their stairs. It doesn't need to look pretty just enough to pass. For that, for that appraiser to say, check that box, that yes, everything, all the safety um, standards were met and all the build, basic building codes were met. That's always what it was in the Midwest. It was always that there was a railing or needed to be a railing going down into some dark dungeon basement, <laughs> you know, right. that's over 100 years old. But that's a good thing for the home buyer, like having right. the having these extra requirements and code things is a good thing because um, it helps protect the home buyer, you know, with safety or whatever else it is. So and there's one the one la one thing that's kind of different than all the others is a pest control. So you have to have a pest inspection, which you don't have to have with the uh, FHA or conventional loans. So you got to get a pest convention, meaning there's no basically they're looking for termites, um, stuff like that. And in most houses, again, you know, you're gonna catch any of that. You're not going to buy a house with any of those issues because you're going to have a home inspection anyways. And if you go into a home, have a home inspector, go to your conventional loan that you're trying to do. And they tell you you're riddled with, um, riddled with these termites. You're not, you're probably going to have them cure it before you would buy it. Anyways, you know, that's one of the things. The next big question that we always get is, okay, what is the maximum amount I can borrow? Um, so, you know, we've seen loans go into the millions with VA. So, you know, we can go pretty high. The, the, the limits are different than what you would find with a conventional loan at 726, 200 or whatnot. So we've seen as long as the eligibility is there and you qualify, we've seen loans go up as much as, as a million dollars. We just actually closed one. So um, that's good. You know, if you're going to, especially in this market, some of these houses, you know, just they're the median home price where we live is almost as high as the max for a conventional loan. So if you're a veteran and you're buying something for a little more, this would definitely be the program to do it. Zero percent down. I mean, that is unbelievable. So, I mean, how do you get that opportunity to, to, to do a loan with just zero percent down? So, well, and what are, what an advantage that is, especially for like current military members who are getting, you know, new assignments to a new location 
because oftentimes they don't know if they're going to, because sometimes they don't go elsewhere. Sometimes their reassignment is exactly to the same base. And so you get your papers and then you've got just a couple months to get your life together to pick up and move. Sometimes you don't have time to think or to plan for a huge down payment, you know, to save for a down payment for that move. Correct. And and here's some here's a few advantages to doing a VA loan that other people don't have. So again, you have a no payment, no down payment requirement. You can put money down or you don't have to put any money down. Um, there's no mortgage insurance, so no PMI payment. If you buy any other house with any other program, for the most part, whether you know it's Fannie, Freddie, or even FHA, you always have a, pri- uh, pre- a private mortgage insurance premium. Um, with VA, you don't, so there's no additional cost to your monthly payment um, if it's less than that 20% with Fannie or Freddie. Also, the interest rates tend to be lower than FHA or a conventional loan. So you get an advantage of getting a better rate versus doing some of these other lo- uh, loan programs. And in some cases, you know, the closing costs um, can be a little bit less because uh, they limit the, um, the lender origination fee to be no more than 1%. Okay, so, you know, in some cases with other programs, the charges could be more where you're limited to your closing costs with a VA loan. Again, making it better for a veteran to and, and more accessible and more affordable to go out there and get a home due to their service, due to their sacrifices. So there are a couple of disadvantages. So I'll get into those too, which we want to say. So VA has a, a, a fund a loan funding fee. And um those fees can range from anywhere from like one and a quarter percent to three point three percent. Okay. So that's important to know. That funding fee is set by the federal government and that covers the cost for foreclosing. So if a borrower defaults, that there's a there's a there's money set aside with all these veterans who paid at a hundred percent. So there's a buffer there that can help um in the challenge that people go through some challenging times and they have some foreclosure. So that upfront funding fee, however, I believe it's you're more than twenty five percent disabled that fee is waived. So that upfront fee is not there. Not that I'm, it's a good thing if you're disabled, it's a shame if you're disabled, but they will waive that fee if they're, the disability is over a certain threshold. For comparison, in any any other type of loan, is there anything similar that someone would face, like with maybe USDA or FHA or conventional? So USDA, you, you, you're going to have an upfront funding fee. You're also going to have upfront funding fee as well with um, FHA as, as along with that monthly mortgage insurance payment as well. And the reason those other loan programs have the upfront fee is because it helps cushion and lower that monthly obligation. So it helps them, it's more affordable for them to buy the home. So they spread out that, that upfront fee gets spread out over 30 years versus on a monthly basis, which sometimes can be a little bit more expensive, like a conventional loan. So they cram in all that money and that percentage based on like an eight or nine year term. So. Or, or whenever the house gets to the place where it appreciates enough when you can refinance and get an appraisal updated to where it shows the equity, which could be sooner. But your upfront hit is going to be more monthly. Um, but with VA, you have the upfront fee, but no monthly fee on top of it. So it, it's not totally unique, but it is something to be aware that that it does exist. Correct. Correct. So another question we always get all the time, well, I already did a, my VA loan. You know, I, I don't think I can do it again. So how many times people always ask, how many times can I do a VA loan? So a VA loan isn't just a one-time purchase deal. 
after you use a VA loan, right? So you can purchase a home and you can get another other loan if you sell the house that you're you're in and you pay off that old VA loan, right? So you could do that. So it's really uh, just one at a time. It's not one for your lifetime. Not, not necessarily either, because you can also buy, you can also get another home. I actually closed the client about a year ago. He was in his VA loan, but he needed to upgrade his house. So as long as he had enough entitlement, right? We had to make sure there was enough money in his entitlement to cover the new home. He was able to move into this new home, but he was living in it. It was going to be owner-occupied. So it has to be owner-occupied. That's the key. So as long as they have more entitlement money there, they can go ahead and buy that other home, but they're moving from the one that they have into the better home and, you know, with explanations and, you know, all that stuff. That's how we get to that. So... Um, also if you repay all, the obvious thing, which most people do, and they think that they can't go ahead and get it again, cause it's a one-time deal. It isn't. If you repay the VA loan in full and keep the house for one time only, then you can go ahead and get another VA loan to purchase an additional home as your primary residence. So in this instance, if you pay off your house and then you want to go get a second house. Right. Or you what? Full entitlement. Wide open, but you have to go move in it. You have to move. It has to be on rock. So you just yeah. do that. So you have to go ahead. So one question that we, um, I hear a lot, uh, and I'm curious your insights on this is the VA loan technically can be assumable, but I know that there's some pros and cons to that. Can you dive into that? First off, what does it mean to be an assumable loan and what's your perspective with your experience? So how that works, right. Is is you can get, you can take on that. So say I have the VA loan and I, you know, I was lucky enough to buy a couple of years ago and get two and a half percent. Well, someone can take over that loan payment. The challenge would be with the rate of appreciation in this market, right? So, you know, you are going to have someone assume this loan. You bought the house for say 400,000. Now it's, you're going to, you can sell it for 500,000. Well, they can assume that loan here for 400, but they would have to come down with 200,000 right? In order to assume that 400,000. So that's one thing that makes it a little challenging. The second piece is, is it would be a great for selling it to your kid and you're giving them a deal, right? And you're saying, okay, I only owe 300,000 on this house. I want you to assume the mortgage. I'm just giving it to you at what it is. And it's a fan, you know, it's an arm's length transaction. Now, and you don't mind that you're selling it for 300 and not taking equity because you're giving it to your kid or, or your friend or whoever it is, that'd be your kid. It'd just be someone that you're going to pass it on because you want to do something good. It's your good deed for the year or whatever it is. Um, you can pass that through. So it's assumable. And now they take on and they get the advantage of taking that two and a half percent that you had. So does your, uh, let's say you're, you're passing it on to your kid. Do they have to be eligible as a veteran or military member? They don't. So they're going to just take on the leftover of whatever's owed on that deal on that loan. And that's, you're just, they're just assuming the mortgage. Now, if that seller wants to get, make money, that person's going to have, that buyer's going to have to come down with the difference. Now, say it's only a, in a market where it's only a $50,000 difference. Now I would probably try to come up with that 50,000 so I could, you know, enjoy a two and a half percent or 3% interest rate versus in the sixes or wherever it is at the time that you're applying for. So your payment doubles based on that. So you may try to find a way to get that other money to assume that. Now the bad part, there's a bad part for the veteran now. I mean, if they're going to sell off this, this house and let someone take over that loan, that 
digs into their entitlement. So they don't have that much money that's still going to be with, withheld. So if they plan on going to buy another house with a VA loan, they may have some, some trouble. They may or may not, just depending on how much is left and their entitlement. So, so depending that's, on your circumstance, might be a good thing, might not be, but we wanted to let people know that exactly. it's an option. So you want to make sure what the entitlement is, what you have left before you would just do that. Um, and there's a few houses that aren't qualified, right? So there's only certain properties that are qualified for this. Um, you know, you're not going to do a land loan, um, but you can buy houses like a modular manufactured homes are covered, single family, uh, two families are covered. So you want to make sure that, you know, the property qualifies. You're not going to go get a land loan with a VA loan. So that those are a couple things that you want to make sure that you're looking into. Um, the property qualifies as well. Awesome. Well, it sounds like it's a great program that there's a lot of, I guess, mystery and misunderstanding kind of surrounding it, even after all these years. Uh, yeah. Well, you don't, you don't have the, uh, you know, resources to really pump out and educate people. So it's people like me and other lenders like me and other realtors like me that are out there trying to, you know, really show and promote what an awesome program this is. Again, I think if there's three key takeaways for anyone listening to this or watching this is, you know what, your, um, your, your FICO score doesn't have to be as high. Your rate is going to be better than any other program, right? That's going to be important. And they're a little bit more lenient on qualifying, right? For you, for the veteran. So it's easier. It's actually easier for a veteran to get this loan. And it's an actually easier closing, uh, which is crazy that it's misunderstood. And some people feel as though it's harder. It's probably one of the easiest loans to qualify someone for. Um, again, there's there the, the issues with the home being under a certain standard. You're going to get that with any home with any program. I mean, if you have a house that has a, a ton of peeling paint on it, you're probably not going to get it through a conventional loan either. They're going to have to repaint the house. Um, they may not be strict on the railings going down, but if you know that the house is old and it's not up to code with railings or something, you would just slap up some, you know, railings that were temporary enough to get the house to pass. So the, there's this small little tweaks. That's why it will be important for any any realtor or seller's agent out there, you would want to accept a V a veteran one because it's a really the right thing to do, right? You, these people did something for you. Um, even if it was harder, which it isn't, it's like, okay, I'm going to sacrifice a little bit of work because this is a veteran buying this house, but that's not the case. But you may want to ask if there's something quirky with the house, you might want to ask the lender up front, is this going to be an issue with the VA appraisal? And then you adjust and you adapt and you fix it prior to um, actually getting it done. Well, Chris, thank you. I know you and your team are always available for questions for people who have specifics, whether it's um, a home buyer, seller, or uh, someone representing, say, a realtor or a real estate agent. Um, they can always reach out to you. Uh, friendly reminder to everyone uh, who uh, um, is viewing this or maybe viewing it a little later, you can always catch this on our podcast platform if you like listening, or you can watch it on YouTube. And if you do so, please don't forget to like and subscribe to both of those. Um, and you'll see more of these as we, um, we put these out every week. Thank you. Thank you, Mindy. Thanks for all you. If you have any questions, reach out to me. Find me on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. I'm on all of them. So find me, join me, be part of my family. Love to, love to feed you any more content that you like. Or please make some suggestions on things that you may want to hear a little bit more about too. Yeah. 
Well, Chris, we'll be back here next week, same time, same place. Excellent. Thank you, Mindy. Thanks, Have guys. Have a good rest of your week. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye now.